Now back to the VO Life with Troy Holden. The VO Life is just a place to hear about, well, the VO Life. There's no legal information, no real advice. Just sharing experiences and stories about all levels of the VO Life. We're all in this together. So relax and enjoy the conversation. This is the VO Life. Positive conversations about living the voiceover life. Inside into the business and day-to-day grind of being a regular Joe VO. From the humble beginnings to the finally hitting a new level to getting that first big client. It's all about that VO life. Here's your host, Troy Holden. Hey, 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 and welcome back. This is the VO life where we're out here trolling the deep water looking for those uh, big fish out there who are about to hit it big. And I've always had a lot of confidence in this guy. I think he's one of those people that is on that cusp and he's learning and he's digging. He's doing the right things. We want to welcome Charles Coates to the VO Life. Hello, Charles. Hey, Troy. Thank you for having How's me How's everything today. going? Uh, it's going It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. It's good. going in the right direction. You know, that's the main thing. Yes, sir. That is the main thing. And you know what the right direction is for you? It, it may not be the same for me or for this other guy or this girl. Isn't it amazing how we can go in so many different directions and still have success? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a really good point. You know, I think everybody's journey is different and there's a lot of different ingredients to success, right? And sometimes you just have to test those ingredients out to see all right, well, you know what? That didn't really work this time. Or, you know what? That that really worked. Or, hey, I heard somebody told me if I put this in my in, in my cake, then it's going to taste better. And then you try that and you're like, well, that didn't work. Or, hey, that's, right. that's great. Right, yeah. right. And I think it's funny, too. We all have different types of goals. A lot of people have a financial goal. A lot of people have a uh, dollars per order goal. Mm-hmm. And I use that one a lot because I feel like back when I was doing everything for five and ten bucks, and I watched that, per, or I watched that per sale number start to go up. And I've yet to do an audio book, so this is all the hard way. Mm-hmm. And watching it go from five bucks to sixty bucks, mm-hmm. uh, to me, has been pretty big. And a lot of people, you know, ah, whatever, you know. Uh, I, I'm doing three thousand a month, but they're doing three thousand dollars worth of five dollar jobs, yeah. and that's that's hard on you. Oh, it yeah, it really is. And to get to get the better work is cool. So, as you're setting your goals, fill us in a little bit on on how you're going about things and building your business. Um, goals wise, I have, you know, it, it started out with, I just I just want to make something. Right. I, I just want to see how much I can make. I didn't really have a goal. It was just, I just want to get paid by somebody to record something. And that was really how it started. Kind of like you said, it was like, I mean, my first job I ever did, it was $4. I made $4. And it was reading a poem for some guy from the University of Oregon. And, you know, going from that excitement. You know, because it, it kind of in steps, right? You'll you'll get, you want this thing, but you got it. And then now it's like, all right, well, that that sparkle shine has kind of gone off of that. Now I've done 25 jobs at $5. So that's not, <laughs> it's not like the first one <laughs> anymore, you know? And and so then it, it seems kind of incremental, like, okay, well, now maybe there's another platform that I'm going to try. And, and I think 
a lot of times, because there's so many different options uh, in voiceover, there's Fiverr, there's Upwork, there's voice.com, there's all these other things, Badalgo, uh, uh, Bunny, right? And, and I think that, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if it's the case, but with me early in the beginning, if I, I didn't know about longevity and you always hear about like, it's a marathon, not a race. And then, and you start to kind of, and in the beginning, you're kind of like, Oh, I hate hearing that because it's always like, Oh, it's a marathon, not a race. It's a marathon, not a race. And I think what happens is you want that satisfaction, that quick satisfaction like I want to, I need validation that I'm doing good. I, I need to be doing this fast. And so you'll jump around to all the other platforms and you'll just kind of like forget about everything on a, on a different platform. And, and that's kind of what happened. So it was kind of like um, a jack of all trades, but master of none, I guess you can kind of say like I was, I started something here and then, oh, it's not really working. It's not, I'm going to jump over here and then, oh, it's not really working. And then, so basically I had no firm footing. I was just kind of hopping around, uh, doing this, doing that, watching other people's success, but not actually doing things to, right. to mimic, to learn, to get involved with, to, you know, those kinds of things to, to, to grow the business. And once mm-hmm. I started really focusing on one thing, uh, you know, it would, you start focusing on one thing, you know what I mean? It, it, you start to, right. you start to build that up. Right. So yeah. financial goal wise, um, I'm, it's been, I've been raising my, I've been raising. So financial goal wise, it, it's between all of the, all of the platforms and, and external customers and things like that. Um, but I'm shooting right now to be at about 6,000 a month financially. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so, because you got to put in, you got to consider in taxes and stuff too. And mm-hmm. we have, yeah. and we have basically, it's just incrementally going up and the things that I'm doing to, to do that and to get those goals is making sure I'm customer service is key, really building that relationship with somebody, uh, even if it's for a little bit, right. Uh, it's kind of like, um, what's that movie fight club? where they're sitting on the plane and he's talking to him and he's like, Oh, you're like a single serving friend. Right. And, and, and that's kind of what the customers are. They're like, you have to treat them like a friend, but maybe they're not a long-term friend. Most of them won't be. Some of them might become, but you have to treat them like at least a single serving friend and not just this. Okay. Well you ordered this, this is my job and I'm out of here. It's like, I really, every single person I'm, I'm when I put in there, Hey, I hope your project goes well. Like, I really hope their project goes well. Like, I hope mm-hmm. that I help right. them to succeed in some way. And so right. with that right. attitude and that 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 mental attitude, I think that's really helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the right approach. I mean, you're exactly right. There are, there are going to be hundreds or thousands of one-offs, and you got to treat them like they're coming back the next day. Mm-hmm. You better because you never know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge part of this business. Um, I, I don't know how much um, you have done with, um, you know, live direct sessions and things like that. I mm-hmm. think that's also another key is how you perform in those areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're easily directable and, you know, something that they schedule for 30 minutes and you're done in 10 or 15 mm-hmm. Uh, you are really making points, and that's customer service because you are doing what you're told. You're you're delivering what they want, mm-hmm. 
But if you get in there and, you, you know, they say, well, I'd like you to do it this way. And you're like, well, I, I don't know that I can do it that way. Mm-hmm. And I have run into some people that are like that. Mm-hmm. They almost push back and, and would say, uh, no, I, I, I can't read it like that. I, I just can't do it that way. Um, that's tough. And I think that's another big part of it. But yeah. I mean, it's amazing how many different realms, realms of customer service we could get into. Oh yeah. I, I, you know, one thing I used to be, so I used to work, uh, for American airlines and I was a leadership and professional development facilitator there for their, uh, for the L and D team. And one thing that I taught in one of my classes, uh, called lead the experience, um, this was all like managers, senior managers, directors, and up. And, you know, we always talk about the golden rule, right? You know, treat everyone mm-hmm. like you want to be treated. But uh, one thing that I learned is we need to follow the platinum rule. And the platinum rule is treat others how they want to be treated. Because me, I want to chit-chat, talk, you know, shoot the, you know, shoot the breeze. And, but maybe they, don't, maybe they don't want to. Maybe they, like you said, they have a 30-minute schedule. And they want to get the work done. Hey, it was professional. It was great. And then you delivered them what they want, not what I want. Because right. me, I want to become Good friends point. and talk and talk and talk and things yes. like that. Good point. Good yeah. point. My, my dad uh, owned his own business for many years. Uh, he worked for other people for a long time. But in his 40s, he had the opportunity to open his own business. And I worked for him for 12 years when I first got out of school. And I learned more from him on how to treat people than I've ever learned anywhere else. And he told me one day, he said, we're, we're going up to, and, and we sold industrial sewing equipment of all things. We went into garment factories back when those existed in the United States, and we sold them machinery and supplies. But long story short, he said, we're going into this. It was a huge plant. And he said, we're going to visit three different people. And he said, the first guy we're visiting is a mechanic. And my dad had on jeans and a pullover shirt. He came back out to the car and slipped a jacket on over the top of that, said, now we're going up to talk to the engineering department or the guys up there that plan on what they're doing. And then that also carried him over to the plant manager. But he talked to all three of them on their level, not on his level, not what he wanted to do. He always made sure he gave them what they wanted, exactly what you just said. And and I have lived by that my whole life. If I'm talking to um, you know, the guy that comes by and picks up my trash, I'm going to talk to him the way he should be talked to, you know, you know, friendly on his level. And, but if I'm up here in the big city of Portland, Tennessee, talking to the chamber of commerce president, uh-huh. I'm going to, I'm going to try to be a little more formal Sure, and you should, you know, it's what we do. And I think that's where people miss the boat with a lot of this. And our customers or clients in this business are that way. We have some that are you know, nickel dime and a little harsh and we have mm-hmm. to really watch them. But yet we have these others that are a little higher up and we've got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that our, there's, I think there's a balance between like what we value ourselves and what the reality of world of the world is like, do I want to get industry rates? Oh, yeah, of course I do. Right. I mean, who doesn't? And I think one thing that's kind of tough is having that customer service mind, but still wanting to win. You know what I mean? Whether it be win the, win the argument, win the conversation, win the whatever. And I think a little bit of 
humility and humbleness will get you a long way. I mean, kind of like this morning with that one, with that one client that said, Hey, your voice wasn't good. And I was like, what, mm-hmm. what do you mean? My voice isn't good. That hurts. Yeah. It's stung. <laughs> that was the first thing I saw when I woke up it to, does. I was like, what is this? What do you mean? My voice isn't good. And I looked and then I, and I declined it and I was like, Hey, you know, I did this, this, and this, and, and, you know, I'll, I'm glad, you know, you have a revision. I'll do that for you. No problem. This and that. And he's like, um, and he wrote back and he's like, I'm, I respect you for, I, I respect you. That's what he said. I respect you. And, but I were a team and I gave it to my manager and he didn't like your voice. And so uh. there's a side of me that's like, well, well, that's not my fault. You know what I mean? I'm uh-huh. like, I'm sorry that right. you right. you like my voice and you hired me, but your boss had right. no idea. And now it's the voice that he received was something that was that he wasn't picturing in his mind. And so it was, you know, those kinds of things. It, it's tough to to yeah, and it, to swallow. You got to hope he learned a lesson too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, ne- next time you you play the sample for the boss before yeah. you hit the order button. Exactly. You know, you, because you know, I, if they, I run if, into it a lot. Yeah, because if they had said, "Hey, can you read me a quick sample?" If I had time, which I usually do, it's you know, it'll just take me a couple minutes. I'll be glad to send them a sample, no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, right? And that, right. and and that's the thing. Like, I got to think of it. I I should think of it as instead of like this guy's trying to get one over on me. Like, I really need to be right. have a positive attitude and be like, maybe this guy's never done it before, and he has no idea. But now he Very knows true. now. Could, you know. could have been his first day on the job. You never know. It could have been. You just never know. Yeah. Never know. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, t- tell me what lured you to voiceover. You're at American Airlines. Why voiceover? All right. So, <clears throat> had a super good position there. Um, I they, they brought me over. They headhunted me. I was working for Expedia and Hotels.com. Um, I was living in China. I opened up a Korean, I speak Korean. So I opened up a Korean call center for hotels.com and um, Expedia there. And it's right on the border. So there's a lot of like Chinese Koreans that speak Korean. And I, uh, they, I got called, they paid for me to fly back, move me back here. Um, Everything was awesome. Built a, built a brand new house. Um, like life was good. And then coronavirus happened and it literally shook the foundation of everything and just ripped the rug out from under. And the crazy part is, and I've actually emailed this person and chatted with them after the Friday before, um, they said, Hey, this thing's kind of getting out of control. Don't come into work. The Friday before I was teaching that class that I was just talking about, uh, lead the experience. And, uh, at the end of the class, one of the, one of the senior directors came up to me and said, Hey, Charles, I really enjoyed the class. Cause it's a two day course. Uh, we go through a lot of role plays and things like that. And he said, he said, Charles, he's like, enjoy the class It's fantastic. I'm, I learned a lot. And he's like, have you ever thought about VO VO work? And I was like, what's VO? I was thinking he was talking about something with airlines, like velocity <laughs> operations or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I hear you. And so, and I was like, well, what's VO? And he's like, voiceover, voiceover work. And I was like, I still didn't know what voiceover was. I'm like, voiceover what? Like 
PA systems. I don't know. And he's like, no, you know, like cartoons and movies and commercials and stuff. And I was like, oh, I was like, no, I've never thought about that. And I'm telling you what, man, when, when one door closes, there's a reason for everything, you know, that I think that God does. And, and the thing is he, uh, it was that weekend that we got the call. And the problem was we've never faced a situation. So the whole department didn't know what to do. There was no backup plan for this because we're going into classes. We're training pilots. We're training flight attendants, ground crews, you know, everybody's coming in. And now it's like nobody comes in. And so they were like, just, we're going to jump on a call every day just to see if we're alive and good and we'll figure it out as we go. So for about the first two and a half weeks of staying home, we had really didn't have any work to do. Right. And so that, what that guy said to me about voiceover work stuck in my head and I started to look up. I mean, I have nothing else to do now. I'm just sitting at home. And so I just started looking up videos about voiceover and i was like well that's something that i could do maybe and i used to i used to have a dj company so i had <laughs> i had this mic and uh i didn't have a booth or anything i just started with a uh two seat cushions like from a from a from lawn chair furniture and i put a i strapped this microphone onto the, the top of my coffee cup with some masking tape and I recorded into it and I had a t-shirt over my head or a, like a button up shirt. I have the picture. <laughs> it's crazy that I have it. And, and I was like, this is, I think this is something I could do, you know? And I built my, I ended up building my own mic stand out of wood spindles out of the trash because there's all house construction going on around here. And then I got an old Tupperware, like Christmas tote that somebody had thrown away because I had a hole in the bottom of it. And then I lined it up with, with foam and talked into that, uh, with a little iPhone in front of, in, in front of my face about this far sweating, like I was in the stinking jungle, you know, with, <laughs> with a blanket over me. Cause I'm like, I need more, I need more, you know, sound dampening. So I'm going to put this comforter over me now. And it was, and it was bad. And I ended up building my booth, which, which rocks my face. Uh, all of junk scrap wood from the houses being built. I, I talked to the contractor. I was like, can I have some of that wood? And he's like, well, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you it's okay because if you get hurt on the property, then he's like, but if I come back in the morning and I don't know, some of the trash wood's gone, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's what I did. And it's a, it's a killer booth. It's a killer booth. <laughs> that's a great story. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's a great story. That is super. So on your, your journey so far, what, what has been your, uh, your favorite type of work that you've been doing? What do you like to do the best? You know, honestly, I like to do the evil voices, the character stuff. And that was not even something that I thought about at all. I was like, I was a, I was a instructor. I was a, you know, facilitator. I'm going to do e-learning. I'm going to, and I used to be a paramedic, so I know medical terms. I was pre-med in college, so I know medical terms. I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to be the medical, you know, narrator for e-learning or this and that. And I do that, but it's not really fun, you know, <laughs> it's not that much fun. Um, but I started a character gig, an evil voice character gig um, out of, on a whim just to be like, well, I'm going to just do this one. And 
dude, it took off. And the cool thing is like, you get to act in there. Like you're in the booth and you're like, oh, we're going to do the rock. And you're, you're acting in there and you're, you're, and, and it's fun and it's fun. And, and I would say I enjoy that the most. That's probably, I don't get the most work doing that, but I would say that that's the most fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oddly, I get way more impressions and clicks on my character gig. I don't get as, like you said, I don't get the work off of it, but I get a lot of attention to that gig, mm-hmm. which is weird. Well, to me. you know, I, don't know. I thought of that same thing because it's the same thing with mine. And here's what I've come up with people that are looking for characters, right? It's kind of like clicking through YouTube videos a little bit because you type in, ah, you type in true. a character. Like, you don't want to hear a bunch of different people do e-learning, but it's fun to listen to a bunch of people doing crazy voices. So, like, so it's more, yeah, so it's more, you know, it's more of a chance to, uh, I don't know, have a little fun when you're listening to it. Because if you hear somebody like the evil, uh, evil, crazy uh, professor or, or or the pirate or the, you know, whatever, you know, it's I think it's a little more fun to click through those and look at those at least, you know, than it is for the yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I just finished a uh, a thing tonight, and it was about drill shafts. You know, sixteen minutes about you know, and it was all these architectural terms. And every now and then, I have to stop and jump over to Google Translate. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah. So the funny part is, this was the second time I had to do it. I did it three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and the, and the guy sent it out to his client. They loved it, but they they were engineers, and they said we don't like the way he says. And this is my fault, you know, so I fixed it. But it was in there 31 times, the word characterization, and I highlighted the I. I always have done that. Right. I don't know why. It's characterization because it makes me spread the word out properly. Because uh-huh. if I say it the other way, if I'm not careful, I'll say characterization. Oh, right. I won't get the uh in there. Mm-hmm. It's characterization. So he said, could you replace all those? And I'm like, no, but I can re-record the whole script. Yeah. No charge. Because <laughs> there's no way to punch in characterization yeah. or characterization 30 times. Yeah. going to happen. That actually happened to me. I was doing a thing for OSHA. And uh, it was, the what was the word? Uh, Malodextrin was the word. And I've always known it as maltodextrin or maltodextrin and apparently there's no word it's either malodextrin or maltodextrin i don't know which one i said wrong but i said the wrong one like a bunch of times and they're like yeah everything's <laughs> really good but that one word that's you're saying it like this and there's no such thing it's it's this it's mal- maltodextrin or malodextrin and i was like oh no and just like you said you can't you cannot plug in that many and make it sound right no. so i was like no. I'll go ahead and record. record it it becomes an AI read if I do yeah. that because I'm going to record the word one time <laughs> yeah. and plug it in all 20 places. <laughs> so then what you do is you get the maltodextrin and then you're going to – so yeah. no. It, yeah, it exactly. Exactly. It wasn't going to work. That's funny. <laughs> um, share with everybody um, because, you, you know, kind of like you've been on your journey for – a year and a half or so, I guess. Uh, share with them what you've done as far as coaching and demos, because everybody likes to know who people use and what you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, so coaching-wise, um, I have uh, had coaching. So I'm in Bill DeWeese's Blueprint, VO Blueprint. 
So in the blueprint, you have uh, Mike Hathcote, which he's uh, he's a coach there. Uh, Mallory talks about uh, fiber and things like that. Uh, and one on one coaching wise, um, it hasn't it hasn't really actually been much uh, for one on one coaching. I've done a lot of like practice sessions, coaching back and forth, like peer coaching, um, but actual coaches like hey i hired you for five hours or and we're going to do this back and forth um there hasn't been much of that at all but i've i need to number one because i can i i'm nowhere near what i think i could do right so that's that's an investment that i need to make um but i make connections with a lot of people that have been coached a lot and I learn from them because a lot of them start to pick up that ear. Um, and, and I'm not saying just because you've been coached a couple of times, you could be a coach. Not That's not what I'm saying at all. But people that have had like a lot of coaching and they're really good in the, you know, they're really good in the industry. When you have read, you know, reading sessions and, 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 uh, and you, you kind of get coached by them. I would say that that's, that's a coaching session oh, because yeah, I'm sure that, yeah, for sure. yeah. So if, it, if that's the case, then I've had a lot of coaching <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, I try mm-hmm. to, I try to join those um, sessions and make those connections a lot. Um, that's good. Yeah. That's a good way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we preach that a lot on here that there's, there's a lot of ways to get help and coaching without spending a ton of money. And, and a lot of people just think, no, I have to get that 150 bucks an hour and what? No, you don't. I mean, it's, it's, there are, if you, like you said, hook up with the right people. There are a lot of people uh, who are as new as we are that are doing really, really well. They are uh, also, there are a couple of them I know who have a fantastic ear for audio and I'll bounce things off of them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as good with, well, you should use this plug-in and this plug-in and this plug I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want to go that far sometimes, <laughs> right, you know. I, right. uh, but I, I do want to say, you know, is my is the level good? Is the music at the right place? You know, because it's, you know, mm-hmm. these these demos you get picked apart. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So you're out in Texas, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So t- tell me about some of the places you've lived around the country. And, and of course, I guess you settled there because of, uh, of the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was born in Texas. I was born in Colleen. Uh, Darnell Army Hospital. I'm an Army brat, and uh, moved to Illinois. Lived there till I was five. Moved to LA when I was six. Uh, lived in LA all around LA. My mom and dad were apartment managers, and uh, we moved every year. So I went to a different school every grade um, until I was a sophomore in high school, and moved back to Missouri. And my family opened up a business there, a pizza restaurant actually in a small town called Battlefield, Missouri, right outside of Springfield. And I went to college there. And then after that, moved back to Dallas um, and worked in the Hotels.com main office in Dallas. And then in 2015, moved to China and lived there for three and a half years. Um, And then 2018, I moved back here. So, and then with, I mean, and with, with working with the travel company, I've been everywhere. I used to have call centers in the Philippines and Brazil, South America, Australia, and I'd travel. At one point, I was traveling like 80% of the year. 
Holy smoke. Yeah, it was It's it's a bit, you know, as a young guy, that's that's a big, you know, big deal and you probably enjoyed it for a while, yeah. but then all of a sudden it's like, man, I'd sure like to get planted somewhere. <sighs> yeah, and you know, it's nice and people are like, "Oh man, you're so lucky you get to go everywhere and this and that and the other thing." But there was so many times where I'd wake up and I'd look around and be like, "Where am I? Like what's what country am I in? I mean, literally, what country am I in?" And okay, well, I'm in the Philippines. Uh, what city am I in? What island am I on? And then I look at the hotel and I'm like, oh, this is a this is a Holiday Inn Express. So that means I'm at oh, that means I'm here, because or oh, I'm at the Shangri La. Okay, that means I'm in Dalian, China. Or uh, I'm at and it's it's weird. Oh, I'm at the the Continental, so I'm in El Salvador. So it was wow. it was it was nuts. Wow. It was nuts. Yeah. So so this change in this. Quote unquote. Oh, we're talking. It's our podcast name. This VO life that you're living now. Mm-hmm. What do you most enjoy about it? I think the satisfaction of doing something that I love. It's definitely the most challenging job I've ever had. And, but I just love doing it. I love, I love the positive reactions. Um, from clients. I love their comments. Um, I like making people happy. Uh, and sometimes that's a burden though in this, because sometimes I'll go a little too much and to, you know, I'll end up eating my own lunch or something like that. But I would say the satisfaction of being home. My wife comes home from lunch. She's a teacher and we get to spend, eat lunch together. I can drink coffee in the morning, kind of get up, do what I want. I don't, I don't have to pay tolls. Texas tolls are bad, man. <laughs> uh, you know, just from where I live to the headquarters, uh, it would take me an hour in the morning to drive one way. And it was just jammed. Without traffic, it takes me 12 minutes to get there. So, I mean, that I, I don't miss that at all. But I would, I would say, I would, you know, I would say that I've really found that being creative is fun. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, being, I'm with you. Yeah, being creative is fun, and and it was crazy because I remember I used to see, you know, you know, you worked up growing hard, this and that, and, and same with me. My dad was like, "You want it done, you do it yourself, do it right the first time," you know, all that stuff, and and I think that I, I whenever I'd hear an actor or something on an interview, and they're like, "Oh, you know." You know, we, we work so hard and I'm, and I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, whatever, dude, you don't work hard. You just stand up there and acting around and you get paid and, and, you know, it's not on screen acting, but you're acting, you are, you're becoming somebody else. You're pulling in that emotion. You're looking at the script. You're figuring out, you know, what their target audience is. What are they wanting them to feel? And then you have to think about it and be like, all right, how am I going to, how am I going to portray that? to where it doesn't sound like somebody's reading it hits them in the emotions it 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 hooks them and they're not thinking who is this person talking they're listening to the story and watching right. the visuals right. or listening to the music and with it and they're painting this picture in their in their mind and i am and i am i have to act to do that i have to become an actor yes. to do that right. and so right. to make a short story long I do have a bigger respect for actors and, and, and the acting the industry and stuff like that because it's mm-hmm. tough. It's tough. Mm-hmm. And then especially if you don't think you're good enough, you know, you, right. you're running around right. with imposter syndrome right. all day and, yes. uh, and, and you start doubting yourself. 
So, right. but going back to the coaching, you know, you just listen to that. You, you, you follow it, you stick with it and you try. I think the main thing is movement. You just have to try because you could, you can say, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. Or I want to wait for the perfect time. I want to wait for the perfect time. And I got to get all this stuff. And it's like, you just got to start doing something. You right. Know what I mean, you got to start do, moving. Do you find yourself listening to things on uh, ads on television, radio, et cetera, more closely and critically. And you're like, I can't believe they aired that. I mean, listen to that guy or listen to that quality. Isn't it funny how that all changes where all that stuff used to be, it, it used to be background noise yep. and I didn't pay that much attention, but yep. now they're running one spot here on local TV every morning on the morning news. And they had to have taped this during COVID mm-hmm. and they had to have used two telephones <laughs> to record the audio uh-huh. it's awful it 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 peaks out and it's crackling and all this and they're still running it and every morning it comes on i'm just like ah here we go <laughs> <laughs> i just can't stand it i mean you're but ear it's funny be- how, how we get critical your yeah. ear becomes super tuned in like i was listening i was listening to a, it was a brand name commercial and i was listening i was like man i heard like three clicks Mm -hmm. it was just Mm -hmm. it was just a little you know and and i know where it lands on words because it lands on the same part with me it's like after an s i I have this thing Mm -hmm. in the back of my my soft palate and when i say s it always does a thing at the end of it and i heard Uh it like three times in this thing i'm like man this is like a yeah you know you you pick it apart you you find out you know you're like oh i heard that or you're like oh i hear something or yeah it's kind of funny I do the same yeah. thing, and I and I'll hear something, and I'll I'll think. I wonder how they decided on that that voice for that yeah. because it just really doesn't sell it to me, mm-hmm. you know. And even if it, it's even, funny, even if I'm like, well, I couldn't have done any better because my voice doesn't fit. But like, you look at the right. commercial, and you look at the you know what's happening, and you listen to the music, and you're like, this voice would fit in that perfectly. And then mm-hmm. I've, I've done stuff and I've listened to things where I'm like, oh, this person would be perfect for that. Or, oh, this. Mm-hmm. And I think I've even messaged you before. I'm like, oh, I think this would be perfect for you. You know? You but, have. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really funny how all that changes. Oh, yeah. um, one of the questions I always ask right uh, close to the end of the interview, let's go back in time and you have an opportunity to talk to 18 year old Charles. Mm -hmm. And this is not just related to voiceover, but this is just life in general and say, look, here's what you should do. Mm -hmm. Give, give 18 year old Charles some advice. Don't care about what people think so much. Um, I think I, you know, don't care about what people think so much because especially if they're not close to you, um, you know, not saying be mean or anything like that, be nice and courteous and do nice, nice things for people, but focus on focus. You need to focus Charles. Um, you're, you're, <laughs> it's funny now that I say this, your mouth and your ability to talk is not going to make you get through life. <laughs> 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 Because I thought when I was younger, I was the number one sales for everything I ever sold, you know, popcorn tins, uh, chocolate, whatever it was. 
you know, I, I worked at telemarketing was my first job. I was like number one in the center for like a year. Like I could, and people would be like, you could, you could sell snowballs to an Eskimo, you know, you can. And, and I thought because I had that skill, like, yeah, I can talk my way out of a paper. I could, I could do whatever I want with this. And, and then I started getting older and it's like, well, you, you can't just do it with that. Like it, you can't just be talk. And that's why I think it's ironic because now I make money with this, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I would say, you know, focus, focus more. Don't care what other people think so much, uh, kind of focus more on yourself, uh, to improve and get better. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. And I would say spend more time with my dad because he passed away when uh, he was 42. So that would be another oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I lost lost my dad in 2016, and we were always very, very close. Um, but, you know, we're always talking about fate and how God lines things up. I became sick before he did, which was very odd, and I had this intestinal thing going on, and, <clears throat> and I ended up uh, not being able to work. And next thing I know, well, I'm going down to see him a lot because he's not feeling exactly right. And then I have surgery. He comes to see me and my mom pulls me over to the side and, and says, you know, your dad went like down some roads and places. It wasn't even anywhere on this route. And when I would ask him what was going on, he was just like, oh, I just wanted to drive by here before we got over there and kind of blew it off. What it ended up being, he had a teeny tiny spot on his lung that they found in a chest x-ray, but it had, uh, lung cancer has a habit of running right directly to the brain, and it did. It went right to the brain, and within three months, he was gone. And uh, so, I, yeah, I definitely second that. I, 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 of course, he was near 80 when I lost him, but I wasn't ready, and that's, that's a tough thing. You know, whether ready or not, it's a tough thing um, for sure. For sure, for sure, but uh, very thankful that that God lined those things up to where I could be available those last several months of his life that I could go see him constantly. And uh, it was an hour away, but I made the trip, you know, at least three, four times a week. Take him to Walmart, walk him around, let him push the cart, and yeah. do all the things yeah. he did, and, yeah. you know, we had a good time. Yeah. But I, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough to— you know, life is tough a lot of times. And I think that, you know, we, we can either, one thing that my dad always told me was, he goes, Charles, you gotta understand that you're either in a storm, right? You're coming out of a storm or you're getting ready for a storm that's coming. And, and it's, it's all how you handle it when, like, how are you going to handle it? Are you going to prepare for that storm that's coming? And then whenever it whenever it gets there, you're prepared for it, or you got a plan, or you know what to do. Um, or are you going to be? Are you going to say, "Oh my gosh, there's a storm coming! I don't know what to do!" Freak out! And then when the storm comes, it it destroys you, you know. And and I think that's and I think that's one of those things that you just I just remember all the time. It's like I got to enjoy the good times when I have them with the clear skies but then prepare like no and and whether that's financially spiritually you know whatever that is like you got to prepare for mm -hmm. that you know what i mean because it's not yep. always going to be sunny skies and yeah i'm 
I'm, and it scares I'm rowing that boat right now. It's, <laughs> I'm I'm scared to death because at the end of the year, I've told my employer I'm done. Yeah, I, I'm jumping into this full time. You know, I, I can't wait two or three more years. I need to do it, mm-hmm. and my wife's backing me a thousand percent. Um, and, and you know, I'm confident with it. I really feel like if I'm sitting. Uh, in the chair at home and I can react faster and I can market more and do more, I I think it'll be okay. But mm-hmm. there's always that little thing in the back of your mind where, you know, you're being kind of picked at that, nah, you need that check coming in every yeah. two weeks. Uh, you really need that regular job, you know, yeah. so it's it's tough. Yeah, it's that, tough. the W-2 job, right? Yeah. yeah. You, need, yeah. you need that W-2 yeah. job. You know, yeah, I, I, and it's funny you, you you were talking about using your your voice, and and you know I have always been in management. I've always had to lead people, at, you know, get people to do things, you know, and I don't say talk them into it, but do it the right way, empathetically, you know, uh, do it the the proper way. And by you doing the training, we have had a lot of training in our other careers to do voiceover, whether we knew it or not, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot, and. Um, um, yeah, it was kind of neat to hear you say that because I was thought the same thing. I, I remember back to being five years old and reading sports scores into my cassette recorder and reading the news and the ads out of the Atlanta Journal. We lived in Atlanta at the time, and and uh, I thought, boy, when I grow up, I'm going to be on the radio. Really? You know? And and that was yes, that was it. And I I went to college, went into mass comm, and then I found out what they made, and I said, <laughs> I better start taking business classes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but it would have been fun to have done that. And I actually last year, the local radio station went up and learned to run their board and and uh, did some stuff up there and did some commercials for them. Just that was my introduction to voiceover. I thought that was how you did it, and then mm-hmm. I did the same thing you did. I did Bill's uh, blueprint. Mm-hmm. I used to call it the footprint yeah. by accident. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, so, it's uh, oh, one thing I didn't mention my demo. Um, I got my demo yes. done through. I had a DIY demo. Um, and it, it did me justice and it did me good, um, for its run. And I still have it on a couple of my gigs because I can't put, I don't want to put my same demo on, you know, all the gigs because I got good comments. And I think, you know how we find out what we're good at, right. Or like, what's, what's that voice that you do that, that your, your bread and butter one, you know, and there's some that there's some that people still, they're like, I really like. I really like this voice on this video or this in the, and they'll tell me, you know, they'll type in a line out of that. And I know exactly which one they're talking about, but I think that even the gigs or even the demos that you make that you don't think are, it's not your main, it's not your main demo anymore. Maybe it's three demos back or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you have the individual files for those before you mashed them into one demo. And right. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of different people that, that ask about, Oh yeah, I really like that, that Chick-fil-A. I really like that carpet one. And I'm thinking to myself like carpet one, where's that at? And it was on one of my fourth ones down on a, on a gig or it was, or it was on Upwork. And it's something that I put there a long time ago or on voice.com, you know, I had something and, or on voice bunny and it's like way down the bottom, but Somebody was listening. They're like, hey, I really like that carpet one thing you did. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Okay, I got it. Um, but that being said, my I get comments on my pro demo all the time. 
they're like, oh, I really like this spot. I like this spot. I like this spot. I like this spot. And it's all from my pro demo. And, you know, that's, I learned a lot. Uh, I got my demo through Chuck Duran with demos that rock. And like, if you ever watch his videos on YouTube, it is the same dude when you talk to him on, on, on FaceTime, <laughs> it is the same guy. Like he is 100% yeah. on those videos, what he is in real life. And, uh-huh. and, uh, and it's, it was a really good experience for me, um, learning about that side of the business, learning about the, you know, because I'm not here to, I'm not here to dog agencies. I'm not here to dog freelance platforms. I want a little bit of all of it. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, great. You guys want to do it. You guys like the blue crayons. You guys like the green crayons. You guys like the, the yellow crayons. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to get a little piece of all those crayons. You know, that, that's the way I think about it. And, you know, it was, it was eye-opening to do my demo with him because he talks about that side of the industry, the agency side of the industry, things like that. Um, and, and I want a piece of that also. And there is, there are ways that you can get pieces of all the pie. And so, you know, but demo wise, uh, getting it through, getting it through, uh, Chuck Duran, I, I really thought it was, I really thought it was a, a good investment. Mm-hmm. Good, good. That was one of the questions that I had, and and we, I guess, we skirted around it after our coaching. And uh, uh, I, I know of three people that have gotten demos from him, and they all three have seen a big uptick. And I think that's great. Now, I'm going to ask one final question about demos, and uh, uh, this is, I, I don't know, do you think it's more in the production side of it, or more in how he coached you through? And got the proper spots. Man. I'm going to say, I want to say it's, I want to say it's about even. Because the way we came to my, my demo spots that I picked, we talked for probably about an hour and a half. Not starting with like, so, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of electronics gig do you want to do or what kind of spot, food spot do you want to do or whatever? It started with like, it was like a psychology lesson. It started with like, tell me three words that you, that you would give me to describe yourself. And, and it's crazy because I'm like, oh, this, this, and this, like, I just knew, like, I know myself. And, and he's like, okay, who's your best friend in the world? And he would, and I told him, and he said, now, if I went up to that person and I said, tell me the three things about Charles that you love, right? And he goes, what would he say? And I thought about it and I'm like, well, they would probably say this, this, and this. It was not, it wasn't even the three things that I said, you know? And like, you just kind of like do this like deep mental dive on things. And we're not even, we're not even getting to what, products and stuff. Right. And, um, he knew what products we had to have, like in the industry, like what, what are the ones that you, what, what topics do you need to cover? Because you can have five different voices, but if they're all about St. Jude's, you know, it, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to do its thing. And, you know, it's like, you need to hit these categories. Now this sixth category, you know, you can't, you don't want to have seven, but in the sixth category out of these, which ones do you want to pick? You know, because these are, it's going to be this one or this one. 
and just just that just that industry knowledge that that connections that he has um it was it was super it was super good for me yeah it was really really good. good yeah that's good. Yeah. And, and I think it's as much, like you said, in the experience as it is the end product. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the end product, as much as I've enjoyed this conversation, <laughs> the end product, I would like to, with your permission, we'd like to play your demo right here at the end of the podcast. We want people to hear the things that you're doing and how it sounds and hear that rocking or that demo that rocks yeah. from Chuck Duran. <laughs> sure. And Charles, hey, I really appreciate it. This has been fun for me to learn even more about you. I know we've we've you know talked back and forth for several months, mm-hmm. and and we appreciate your support on our uh, our page and everything, and yeah. your participation. And hang with us. We're having we're still still got stuff to do. I think. And right on. It's been a lot of fun. So, uh, um, man, I wish you the best. I, I think you're on a great path, and. Um, stay with it for sure yeah I, I really appreciate you know you talking with me today and and like you said kind of getting to know each other more and just you know talking about our journey because there's a lot of people that are on this journey and there's people that are scared there's people that are nervous there's you know people that are worried because i've been in all those situations there's always still a little bit of that in me now um but now there's a little bit of extra you know there's a, there's a little bit of confidence there's a little bit of hope right. There's a little bit of right. happiness, you know, so it's, it's good. Yep. I appreciate it. Well, I've, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed watching your climb. Cause I can remember the first time you were on one of our, uh, our meetups several months ago yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's just been fun to watch it. Really enjoyed it. That's cool. Hey, uh, Hey folks, listen up. Here he comes. This is Charles, the voice. Okay. That's enough talking. Can we hear some samples now? <laughs> oh boy. Here we go again. Take yourself on a getaway in the Jeep that gives adventure its inspiration. Live your best life in the new Jeep Wrangler. I have to warn you, the grilled spicy deluxe sandwich from Chick-fil-A is a handful of smoking hot deliciousness. The juicy chicken in a spicy pepper marinade covered in Colby Jack cheese and cilantro lime sauce is like nothing I've ever tasted. It may cause malfires, but take it from me, it's totally worth it. When the power of technology meets the power of a thousand ideas created in the human mind, the world races towards tomorrow. Once we find clarity to see the possibilities, it is then we see where the future starts. AMD. Managing your finances is simple. When you have the City Mobile app, wherever you go, you can check account balances, make deposits, transfer funds, or pay bills with just a few taps. Experience the power of simplicity. Raise your glass to the small batch tequila with a rich, bright flavor that'll keep you coming back for more. Terramana Tequila. Let the good times pour. Those other razors claim to have rubber face massagers, hydraulic blades, blah, blah, blah. Cut through all the hype and pick up the razor designed to give you a great shaving experience without the gimmicks. Gillette Mach 3. The capacity for what lies in all of us. Sleeping. Waiting. You've been listening to The VO Life with Troy Holden. Check back for more episodes each week and catch up on what you've missed also. This is for you, those just living that VO life. Thanks for listening and join us again.
The VO Life intro is by Louise Porter. The outro by Liz Moya. You can pick us up on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, and many other podcast carriers. Need to send me an email? Do it today. Troy at TroyHoldenVoices.com. Thanks for listening.